All right, welcome everyone to Authentically You. I always say this, but I am excited to have a guest because <laughs> I'm always excited to have a guest. Um, but I'm really excited because, and a bit nervous because I have a podcast guru with me today. Um, her name is Christina Nelson, and she runs her own podcast called Radical Stepmoms. Is that right? The Radical Stepmoms. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Radical stepmoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she's been podcasting for a few years and she's got an incredible following. And um, I obviously am a follow of hers as being a, a stepmom myself. And she also has a, you know, a big following on Facebook group, Instagram, all that stuff. So I'm really excited. Also nervous because I I was telling her before I got on here is that I'm like a novice to all this. And she's like, yeah, it's fine. So I think we'll be fine. Um, so I always like to hand it over to the person and let the person, you know, in an elevator pitch, who the heck are you as a person? Because I think people do justice themselves versus me trying to explain who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah. So just talk about who I am. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think, yeah, like, you know, obviously you like, let's talk about who you are as a human being first. So before we get yeah. to like, let's say credentials or stuff like that. Yeah. I'm so much more than stepmom. Um, yeah. Uh, I, let's see. Um, I was a military brat growing up, so I moved mm-hmm. around a lot, um, which I think helped me in a lot of ways to have some resiliency to change and, um, uh, you know, just being interested in meeting new people, making friends. Um, the majority of my childhood was growing up in Oregon. So I grew up in Oregon, but now I live in Washington. I am married. We have been married for almost, oh God, it's seven years. We're married seven years. Okay. Um, we have, uh, my stepson who's 10. And we have our daughter who's four and, um, yeah, I am a social worker. I'm a licensed counselor. I love to do things outside. Um, I love when it rains. I hate the heat. Uh, I, (laughs) I, let's see. Uh, yeah, I dabble in a lots of different hobbies. My husband, um, got me skydiving within our first couple dates, um, what? So, no way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Um, he is a wild one, which, uh, attracted me to him mm-hmm. and then, yeah. And so th- is that good? That, yeah, that's a great, yeah. you sound like a phenomenal <laughs> human being. I want to know that, <laughs> um, you know, you sound like an exciting human being. I just want to step back. So second date, mm-hmm. like if like first date, you're like, he says, I love skydiving. You want to go skydiving? You just planned it. So he, uh, was actually a tandem instructor. So he would take people, um, to go skydiving and he had been doing it for, I think 10 or so years. Um, so yeah, we went on our, we went on like our first date and then I was like, Hey, so I really like you, but I'm going to be leaving for two weeks. And I went to South America for two weeks And then when we came back, when I came back, it was like our second date. And I was like, yeah, so like, I'm like still into you. Like you want to like pick this back up. Um, And yeah, you took me skydiving. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so cool. I want to skydive. Never have, but my goal is to do it this summer coming up. Cause I'm like, I feel like it's just something you have to do. Yeah. I ended up 
yeah, I ended up getting licensed um, and can I have my own rig? And yeah, I mean, I haven't jumped in a while, but yeah, it's pretty Very fun. Cool. Would you consider yourself um, an agen- adrenaline? Not, I wouldn't say junkie. I don't like that word, but before no. you met your husband, no, no, no. Oh. I had no desire to ever go skydiving. Like I, I'm like a very, um, if I do take risk, it's very calculated. Um, so I think if I wouldn't have known the person who I was being strapped to and then throwing me out of a plane, um, I wouldn't have done it, but because Mm -hmm. I was like dating this guy and I'm like, sure. Yeah, this could be fun. This is calculated risk. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a really cool story. I love that. And a military brat moving around, I'm sure all the time Mm -hmm. that comes with its own. I have a few clients, the same thing. It's like this, like sense of abandonment, just based on that experience, you know, like Mm -hmm. moving around and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I can acknowledge that that would probably be a challenging way to live. Do you feel like there was any positives or negatives to that situation that you would note? Yeah. I, um, I think it was hard to create friends and then leave friends because it was, you know, like when you're a kid, you're, you get attached and, you know, just that structure and stability. Um, but I always ended up liking wherever we moved and then finding friends. And, um, and I feel like now in my adult life, it's really helped me to, cause I'm introverted. That's kind of my baseline but being a military brat, it was like, okay, if you want to make friends while you're here, you need to get out of your shell. Um, so it's kind of created that like part of my personality where I can, I can do it. I can be gregarious and stuff if I need to be. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you've developed a skill. It sounds like based Mm -hmm. off that experience. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think like extroverts can definitely act that way. It's just a matter of like, how do you get yourself back to your baseline after those experiences, you know? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Okay. So I'm curious, you've obviously started a podcast. Um, what sort of got you to that point of like, Hey, I'm going to start a podcast or where did your journey, I guess, begin before that? Mm -hmm. Um, so I had met Gannett, um, who was my co-host, um, through work. And, you know, we, uh, really connected, you know, through being social workers and just the work that we do, I actually trained her for the job. Um, and you know, while we were getting to know each other and stuff, we started talking about our stepmom lives and it was like, Oh my God, you're a stepmom. I'm a stepmom too. You deal with this. I deal with this. Like what? This is crazy. And we would, um, have these conversations where we would just be like, Oh my God, like this is this is intense. Like we are dealing with so many of the same things. And I thought that I was alone. And I think it was, I know it was Gannett who randomly was just like, we should start a podcast. Like we should talk about this shit. So other people can hear it. And like, if we feel alone, I'm sure others are feeling alone too. Um, so it was her idea and I'm the more social networky, um, technical person. So I like looked into, okay, this is what we got to get. This is what we got to do. Um, and then it kind of just grew from there. I started the Instagram just to get the word out about the podcast. And then that's kind of turned into its own Um, other entity. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's cool too. Um, but yeah, it just kind of happened because we just wanted to, share our story with other people, knowing that they would probably be able to relate. Yeah. I think that's really awesome. And I think, I mean, anyone that knows me also, like I've been a bonus mom for, I don't know, almost seven years myself. And so I've been part of various groups, right. All of these things, 
um, you know, talk to therapists about the situation because it is intense, as you say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to say and just acknowledge that, you know, the radical stepmoms gives a different perspective, in my opinion. It's not around. I find sometimes it can be very bitter, very, you know, like a dark, dark place for a lot of people, which it is sometimes. But I think for you, you give this different perspective on on the whole picture itself, which I think was really enlightening for myself being in that situation. So I just want to acknowledge the work that you're doing in this moment before we go any further, because I think it's really valuable to know. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about, I think like, you know, as a woman, I think it's really challenging in general, just to be an authentic person, to understand who we are on this planet. And, you know, for yourself, you stepped into this role of meeting a partner who had a child, right. And navigating from, you know, and I don't know you, but like, you know, like how connected were you to who you really are as a person and then having to navigate into that role. Can you sort of speak to that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, to kind of, (laughs) I was 26 when I met my husband, um, and my stepson was three and, I was before meeting my husband, I was single. I was living alone. I was, you know, traveling a lot. I was, you know, not really dating, but, you know, just, I was up for anything at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, I was not looking for a relationship or a kid. (laughs) (laughs) And when both of those things kind of fell in my lap at the same time, um, I did what a lot of stepmoms do, um, of like, I would say that I tried to prove myself and Mm -hmm. I wanted to show my partner, like, I can do this. Like you have a kid, no big deal. Like I, I, you know, I can pack the snacks. I can change a diaper. I can do all this. And, um, looking back, I wish I would have had more boundaries Mm -hmm. and that I would have stayed more in tune with who I still what, like who I was what before I met him. Um, because I definitely got immersed in his life and his routine and all of that. And I mean, I was an active participant in all of that. No one forced me to do that. Right. Um, but it was, I, it, it took a while for me to realize, okay, I'm not feeling like myself anymore. I'm feeling like I'm just giving and I'm sacrificing and I'm doing all these things. Um, So I think, um, over that time I had to really look within and go, okay, like I, I am missing this part of myself. How do I get her back? How do I take care of her? And that's something that I talk a lot about on, on my platform is take care of the girl who you were before you got into all this, Mm -hmm. because she needs you. She needs you to, you know, take care she needs you to take care of her. So then you can, you know, do the things that you want, um, in your relationship or your friendships or your, or, you know, your role as a, as a stepmom. Um, cause it, when you lose sight of her, like that's where I, I see a really, you know, lost women who are, are feeling like, and that happens in motherhood that happens when you have, but the difference there is when you're, growing a human inside of you for nine months, you have that different relationship and that different perspective when a child is, you know, brought into your life and they're fully formed person walking around and eating snacks, you know, (laughs) um, it's like a a totally different, um, it happens a lot faster 
Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're not forced, but you're pushed into it. Yeah. 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 I think that's really valuable. And I think I can echo that experience myself. It's like, and I think that's the society I feel has to make us feel like we have to prove ourselves in that role because it's a hard role to be in with mm-hmm. being in general, right. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on the, the bio mom situation, if it's conflict or not. Right. I mm-hmm. think it's a matter of like, you have to prove yourself and it's a lot to take on, like you're saying. And I think I really want to speak to the point of boundaries, right. And, and recognizing how valuable, and I know you as a counselor, like, you know, we could talk about boundaries all day. I'm sure <laughs> and how important they are. I say this to every human being I meet. Um, but I think, you know, boundaries in this role are different I think because it's really hard to define Mm -hmm. like you're saying what role what who am I in this role regardless of Mm -hmm. my self in a different role I don't know if I'm making sense there but yeah and and you're up against I mean going back to the proving yourself you're up against the the stigma and the expectations that are already placed on you as a woman um, to be maternal, to be motherly, to mm-hmm. know how to do certain things or to be accepting of certain things because, you know, you have a uterus, you, you, this is what you're supposed to want. Right. Um, and then, you know, I talked to stepmoms who were like, I never even wanted kids. And here I am taking care of a kid. And my partner doesn't understand that this is really hard for me, mm-hmm. or, you know, I'm taking care of a kid that isn't mine, but I want so badly a child that's biologically mine, or, you know, it's so complex and, um, And then when we have the expectations of other people and the media and how stepmoms are portrayed and all that kind of stuff, it's hard for us to be like, no, I have these boundaries because I mean, boundaries are anyone who responds negatively to a boundary was benefiting from there not being one. Right. So when you're presenting this, Hey, I'm not okay with this, this, I need you to you know, pick up the kids from school or, you know, whatever that boundary might be, you know, you're faced with, oh, that that's not what I thought that this would look like, you know? So you're, the stepmom is constantly having to carve out who she wants to be, Mm -hmm. um, while remaining authentic to herself and fighting kind of the external pressure, um, of, you know, who she in air quotes supposed to be. Yeah. And yeah, who, what is his role actually? Yeah. I, and I think that's too, like when I hear and I read different stepmoms, I think, you know, having a partner who like, I'm very grateful for my partner. He's very supportive, you know? Um, although I can say when I started to set boundaries, he was like, what the F is happening right now? You know, like, I love you, but huh? And I'm like, this is how it's going to go now, you know? But I think, you know, having a partner who doesn't even try to see your perspective, I couldn't imagine being in that situation. And I see that all the time when I'm seeing like, you know, in the Facebook group and things like that around people who are just like their partners are not respecting their role. Mm-hmm. I just, my heart goes out to them. Cause like you're saying, it's, it's our self-worth that we're talking about. Like we're talking about who we are as an individual. Yeah. Like if someone else can't see that it's extremely challenging. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think so often, um, one of the things that I explained to the stepmoms that I work with, um, in coaching where they, they're thinking, oh, it's the X issue. It's the stepkid issue. It's a blended family issue. And I have to be very gentle sometimes in explaining actually, you know, this is a relationship issue. This doesn't, this goes in, this goes deeper into 
you know, who your partner is and how they see family structure mm-hmm. and how they, you know, what their expectations are. And I mean, my husband and I had a breakthrough, um, this is several years ago when he finally was able to pinpoint where his expectations were coming from. And it was the relationship that he had with his, with his stepmom. And that he expected me to be just like her Uh, and, you know, the dynamics are completely different, you know? And so I was like, wow, that's super helpful for me to hear because now I know why you are thinking this way. Let's unpack that, you know, in my therapeutic (laughs) mindset, (laughs) you're like, let's unpack that. Let's figure out what I can, you know, do and what expectations you need to let go of, because that's not actually who I am. And that's not what feels right for me. Um, that might've felt good for your stepmom, but that doesn't feel good for me, or that might've worked for, you know, whatever. And, um, that conversation, that defining moment still comes up today, um, where I'm reminding him, like they, their marriage was different than our marriage. Their structure is different. Um, but, you know, having those really hard conversations with your partner where you can say, I see you and I, I understand what you're wanting from our family dynamic, but that doesn't always sit tight. Like this is who you're with. This is the person that you chose to, to spend your life with. And you're, you're, you know, forcing me or asking me to go and do something. That's not who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the long run, that's going to be more, you know, um, damaging to the relationship and the family dynamic altogether. Yeah. And I think that speaks to, you know, as children, we sometimes try and find relationships that sort of mimic, you know, yeah, what we were modeled as children. So it makes sense as to why he got to that point. And I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, I always feel like I'm a gift to my husband based on let's chat about that. Let's really dig into that. (laughs) I don't think they always see it that way, but I think, you know, I think it's valuable to like, let's make a conscious decision to be conscious in a relationship so we can understand why mm-hmm. we're doing the things we're doing, especially if you're in this complex relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, having those conversations with your partner where you're really asking them, um, I always say too, if you're, if you find yourself having the same conversations over and over and over again, and you realize that the conversations are more problem solving based mm-hmm. and they're not getting anywhere, I don't think the problem has really been identified. And sometimes you have to go back and really just have conversations where you are learning about each other and you are being interested and curious. Oh, why do you feel like, you know, this is my responsibility, like no judgment, but explain to me why, why you want me to be a part of this or why this is important to you. And you're just learning about each other. Um, so you more have, you have a better understanding of intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you can be like, oh, okay. So that's why this isn't working. We keep trying to fix it, but we're not even really sure of, you know, what the actual issue is. Um, so always going back to, you know, I need you to understand me more. Um, and I need to understand you more and that communication, um, continuously will kind of help solve the problems that you think that you're having. I love that. I think that's a really valid point and a really take a takeaway message for people listening, because I think that's the, really the root of what 
all relationships should be based on, right. It's like, we need to understand each other mm-hmm. and like, you know, there's no abuse. Obviously if it's a healthy relationship, we can really help each other heal wounds that we have from our past, recognize who we are as an individual and, and really grow and evolve. Like you're saying, you had this breakthrough moment in your relationship and I'm sure it's like impacted how you've moved forward and, and how you can connect to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think um, a lot of things that I hear from stepmoms is that they feel that there was this life before them and that they were just kind of picked up and plopped into it um, mm. and expected to just pick up the pieces or to keep things together. And, you know, stepmoms are not the glue that holds the blended family together. They aren't. Mm-hmm. And that is a common misconception. We get blamed for a lot of things. A lot of stuff is put on us. Um, you know, if it's not going well, then it's, it's obviously something that we need to do. We need to change, um, who we are. We need to shift our boundary line to accommodate partners, stepkids, the ex, whatever it be, the in-laws, you know, um, and it's, it's, that's not the case. And I think, you know, standing on my soapbox for a minute, um, that's kind of what fuels the radicalness of my platform is I'm saying, no, I'm changing that narrative. That doesn't work because there's a lot of sad, unhappy stepmoms who have tried to make that work. And it obviously doesn't work. Yeah. And there's a term that I just learned maybe a few months ago in the group, not, not chewing. And people are like, and I was like, what is a nacho? You know, someone Mm -hmm. told me about nachos. And it's like, it's like, not your kids, not your problem. And Mm -hmm. I think obviously there's different perspectives of anybody because we're all different people. Um, And I think I love that that's part of the narrative now that it's like, you're Mm -hmm. saying we're changing what this means. And it means something different for every person in the situation Mm -hmm. because everyone's situation is so different. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a a trademarked term now they own that. Yeah. Um, so I get asked a lot, like how I feel about that method. Um, which I'm glad, you know, there is a method for everyone. And I love that there are more platforms out there now where a stepmom can find something and go, Oh, that feels good. I feel seen. This is working for me. Or they can go, no, that's not, you know, that's not quite it. I'm going to keep looking. Um, but the point is, is that there are lots of different mm-hmm. things coming up now. Um, and you know, not showing me one being one of them. Um, yeah, I, I technically, I, personally can't take that on. Um, <laughs> but I, but I know there are a lot, um, who find, you know, value, value in that mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the, yeah, the point is, I don't even know as a term, I don't even know where the term came from. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> obviously you're way more versed in this conversation than me, but I think, yeah, like it's saying there's different ways to approach it. and it's just like anyone in any situation, you know, counseling and anything, it's like, I'm meeting the person where they're at. It's like, mm-hmm. you can't, you know, put, one, um, way or process on, on everybody. Cause that's not how human beings work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I kind of want to speak to like, when you're thinking about coming into that role and what your experience is with women, um, if they come from a place of, let's say having low self-worth and, and, and sort of attaching into that role, like you're saying, we immerse ourselves into that role. Mm-hmm. And what do you see in that sort of aspect? Um, of the stepmoms that are kind of Like, let's say, yeah, like maybe you don't notice this around, you know, if I have struggled with self-worth or maybe I don't have process Mm -hmm. trauma or things like that, how can that impact my role going into the the role of being a stepmom? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think, you know, 
wherever you were prior to meeting your partner and then coming into it, even the most, you know, I mean, I was going to therapy at the time I was, I felt really solid in who I was and I still struggled. I think, Mm. you know, with women who, um, I mean, it's just like even motherhood, um, women who, uh, haven't felt like they've been valued in any area of their life, or they haven't had purpose in any area of their life. When they find something, um, that they are adding value, it, it can, um, really take over their identity and leave those, it's, I guess, false sense of security and in your own worth and who you are, because unfortunately in stepmotherhood, you're not in control of a lot of things. And so much of it is, um, conditional. So if you are basing your self-worth on how a kid is interacting with you or showing love or not showing love, you're setting yourself up for a lot of disappointment and a lot of struggle there. Um, same goes for the ex. If you are going above and beyond, um, and wanting that acknowledgement from the other person from the other house, and they're dealing with their own stuff and they're trying to navigate their own, you know, again, you're going to be disappointed, um, and hurt. So we have to really do that on our own inner work, um, and not have our self-worth and our identity be dependent on anyone else. Yeah. And that's, I, think I mean, that's a lifelong thing. That's everybody. So yeah. That's therapy, you know, yeah. <laughs> so way easier said than done. Yeah. Welcome to life, everyone. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's a good point is that when, and this is again, a life lesson is if we, I just talked this with a client this morning is like, if you attach yourself to expectations in the situation, there's always room for disappointment, right? There's oh, yeah. always room for letting yourself down, you know? And I think that's a big thing when like, I'm grateful in my relationship that there was no prior relationship or marriage. It was a one night stand situation. I mean, there is still a lot of conflict, um, but I was grateful that I didn't have that dynamic in my head of like, yeah, oh, the life before and my bonus are like, I was before two when I came to life. So she doesn't even remember life without me, Yep, same. you mm-hmm. know? And so I'm grateful for that, but I think the expectation is still there regardless of what the situation was before about around, you know, I have to be this perfect mom figure mm-hmm. to actually gain love from this human being. That's mm-hmm. kind of, I think, I feel like the perspective that, that stepmoms take is like, I have to do all of these things. Otherwise, like you're saying, it's conditional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really hard. And I think checking our expectations can also be a form of grief too, because for me, I know that when I'm like, okay, I just need to lower my expectations. I just need to me that's, and I have to talk self-talk here mm-hmm. and I have to tell myself like lowering my expectations does not mean lowering my standards. Yeah. Lowering my expectations is, is, you know, taking back my power. It's more empowering. Um, because for me, it's like, well, I don't want to expect less of whatever, because this is what I want, you know? And that, and that's kind of that, that, the resistance that we feel when we're presented with, Oh, you should lower your expectations. Um, like, no, I still want this. I want people to, I want it to go this way, you know, um, (laughs) which is fine, but, um, yeah, like just kind of compartmentalizing that of expectations does not equal standards. 
I love that. Expectations does not equal standards. Remember that everyone, when you're listening, um, I think I'm going to put that on my wall somewhere. (laughs) I think that's powerful. Um, And I think let's talk about like empowerment. When we think about obviously you're empowering women all over around this role that they're in, what do you think in regards to empowerment, what does that look like for you as a stepmom helping other stepmoms? Yeah. Um, you know, kind of going all the different things we've talked about already expectations and, and, you know, the stigma that's placed on us and the pressure and all that stuff. For me, it's, it's giving a voice to stepmoms and saying, it's okay for you to feel these things. Mm-hmm. You are not a bad person for feeling these things. These things are actually very normal and you don't need to push them aside. You don't need to ignore them. You don't need to shame yourself for them. Those feelings are important. You need to pay attention to them so you can process through them and use them to make the change that, that you want. If you are, you know, you know, feeling like an outsider in your own home, or you're feeling taken advantage of, or you are, you know, you're feeling jealous of the attention that your stepkids get when, you know, they're at your house or whatever that is, that doesn't make you a bad person. That's pretty normal. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's kind of the empowerment that I, I want stepmoms to be able to notice their feelings and go, that's okay. All right. This is the feeling that I'm having. What am I going to do with it now? What mm-hmm. do I need to do for myself? What do I need for my partner? What change can happen? What do I need to process, you know, by myself? So I know how to communicate things better, you know, whatever that is. Um, but it's super empowering when another stepmom hears I mean, I love seeing it in the comments of, you know, a stepmom says, yeah, this is how, this is how it is in my house. And this is, and then someone else comments and like, oh my God, you said exactly yeah. what I've been feeling like, thank you. And that right there is where I'm like, yep, that's why I did this. That's why I started this because that's like one, one less stepmom who's feeling alone, mm-hmm. um, and awful. Yeah. Yeah. It can be very isolating at times. Absolutely. Yeah. Very isolating. I even think like, you know, like my bone, my, not my bonus, my mother-in-law, it's like, you know, even her like sending judgment towards me mm-hmm. and like, you know, like me expressing how I'm feeling. You're just thinking, I'm thinking like, how do you put that on me? Like I am, this is my experience and yeah. I am trying to navigate this whole process. So mm-hmm. I totally love, yeah. When you hear comments around, it's like, I hear you. I see you. Yeah. That's me too. Yeah. And how validating that is. Yeah, absolutely. I did an episode, um, last mother's day, or I guess this year's mother's day with my husband's stepmom. So the one, the one he's been holding me up to as you need to be like this. Um, I had her on the podcast and it was amazing. It was amazing that she had been, I mean, she came into my husband's life when he was like 10 or 11. Um, and she's, I mean, my husband's 44 now, so she's been in it for a long time and to have her say the exact same things that I'm feeling about my current stepson, her step grandson, it was just like, Oh my God, like this stuff is just so universal. Like mm-hmm. every stepmom feels this mm-hmm. and to have a stepmom feel alone and that she's the only one is absurd to me. And like, that's kind of like my goal is for <laughs> no one to feel like that. Cause it's I just got goosebumps. When you tell me that, like, I love that you connected with her on that level. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah she's right. amazing. I'm going to have her on again. Cause she has a lot of fans. <laughs> Does <now>. she? <laughs> yeah. Got her own following. Yeah. She's very, <laughs> very funny. Very awesome woman. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and I think when you're thinking about, obviously it sounds like there's no isolation or there shouldn't be isolation. I think it comes down to like self-acceptance too. And then in the oh, sense yeah. of like accepting that this is our role, can you speak to that in regards to what it looks like? Yeah. I mean, I think again, with those expectations, we, I, I had to kind of accept, okay, I'm actually not comfortable with this. I thought I would be, but I'm not. And, um, you know, coming into my role of this is who I am as a stepmom and this is okay. And it looks different than what I thought it was going to be. And my blended family looks different than what I thought it was going to be when we had our daughter. Um, and she is now in the mix of everything, you know, that looks different than what I thought it was going to be. And I'm a different mom to both Mm -hmm. of my kids. Um, and I think just acknowledging that that's okay. Um, and to, I guess I getting more confident in your decisions and what works for you. And, and if other people aren't okay with that, that that needs to be okay too. Mm -hmm. And that if you are finding yourself, you know, bending over backwards or being super stressed out or trying to do this and trying to do that, and it's not actually filling your cup, it's making you feel more depleted. That's your signal that it, that's not being authentic to yourself, right? That, Definitely. that is what is going to breed resentment. Yeah. We don't want that. <laughs> so it's a rough yeah. place. I think the more you, you learn about yourself, the more you can, um, let that be okay. And, mm-hmm. and be proud of what you do bring to the table and what you do provide for your family. Um, the, the more confident you can be to say, actually, no, this doesn't work for me mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work for you, that's okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes, it takes a while and it takes that getting to know yourself part. Yeah. Do you Which, feel like, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, do you feel like if you're getting to a point where you feel like this isn't working for me, I don't feel like I'm my authentic self. I have a lot of resentment. Um, is there ever a point where you would say to someone like, perhaps this role is not for you and this relationship is not for you? Um, if they haven't done the work, I wouldn't say that if, if, if I work with a lot of step moms who, who come to me in that state. Yeah. And that's when I say, okay, let's backtrack. What have you been doing for yourself? Mm-hmm. What have you been doing, you know, as and self-care is such a weird term. I don't actually like it because self-care is different for everyone and it gets thrown around and it's not just bubble baths. It's deeper, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, like what have you really been doing? Because it's often, it has to start with us. And if they haven't done the, the inner discovery, um, you know, I, I still think that this role could be good for them. It's just, we need to alter what that is mm-hmm. because it's not working. I don't think it's the, the, the woman who, and all that to say, there are definite, um, women who I've spoken to who have been like, I know this isn't right for me. Like this isn't right for me because I can't, you know, do all X, Y, and Z. 
but they've done the work to realize to those things. That makes sense. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Obviously I think that goes for anyone in life. It's like, if you're not going to figure out the work, then you can't really make a conscious decision is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Because I mean, if, if, if the root issues are insecurity, if they are, um, no boundaries, if they are, you know, blaming other people, you know, whatever those root issues are, those are going to follow you wherever you go. It's not a stepmom issue. No. It's not a relationship issue, you know, and that's that, um, acceptance piece of being able to say, okay, maybe I'm the common denominator here. What do I need to do? And that's really hard to say that's deep therapy work, you know, like that's hard to say, but it can be super powerful because the most empowering thing that you can say is, oh my God, I'm the problem. I actually have control over that. I can change the situation. It's me all along, not everyone else who I have no control over. Like allowing that to be empowering is that that's your, that's your shift for change. Yeah, totally. I think, you know, it's like self-abandonment. Like if you can come back and connect to who you are as a person, you can have, like you're saying so much more in control than you realize that you truly have. Oh yeah. I love it. I love it when my husband and I are arguing, sounds silly, but I love it when we're arguing and my husband can point out like, this is a you issue, babe. This Mm -hmm. is you. And I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Let me go think about that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Like, and that to me is more exciting than being, you know, overwhelmed and depressed and, and hopeless feeling because I don't have control over what anyone else does when it's a me issue. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. I need to, I need to go figure that out and, and, and not project that on, on other people. Totally. Totally. I want to speak to around, I can speak from my own experience. Like I said to my, like, obviously I'm in this field of healing and all stuff. And I've been on a journey myself for years. It's like, I said to my husband, when I met him, like, I'm a person that's going to evolve. And especially in my role as a stepmom, it's like, I'm mm-hmm. going to be evolving. I'm going to be shifting things here and there, figuring out as I go who I am. And so are you along for the ride? And I think we should speak to that around if you're doing the work, you know, mm-hmm. is your partner going to understand that? And if yeah. they don't, right, what does that look like? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, um, I have kind of a, a process and, in, in, um, it's homework that I give a lot of the women that I work with. And the last part, the last step um, is share this with your partner. Mm-hmm. Talk to them about what all the work you just did you need to share with them. Because if we are trying to change, if we're trying to create boundaries, if we're trying to, you know, um, change our thinking and, Oh, that's a really negative thought. I'm going to think this way instead. And our partner isn't on board or isn't, you know, um, isn't aware that we're trying to make that change. They might accidentally unknowingly keep us where we don't want to be anymore. Um, you know, case in, uh, an example, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm trying not to react to the ex's texts or emails or whatever. And if something comes, if we get something and my husband's like, oh my God, I can't believe she did that. And this is blah, blah, blah. blah. That's not helping me. That's getting me amped up. That's going to activate me to be somewhere where I don't want to be. So we absolutely have to at least communicate what we're trying to do in for ourselves with our partners so they can, so we can give them the opportunity to support us Mm. in that process. Um, If we don't communicate that, we're doing them a disservice. We're not giving the opportunity to do that. 
Um, once that has been communicated, then, you know, having your partner ask, or you asking your partner, like, or telling your partner, this is how you can support me in this. This is what it actually looks like. And for my husband, I have to be very specific (laughs) where it's like, (laughs) you know, not to gender norm or anything, but, um, men need a little bit more concrete. Yeah examples of what you need. Um, so I, you know, in that example, it's, um, when she emails, I need you, if you need to react or whatever, you can go elsewhere. I need my own space to process so I don't get activated. Um, and that works, right. Right. But having that back and forth, open communication of this is what I'm actively trying to do. This is how you can help me do that. Mm -hmm. Are you able to do that? I think that, that that's an excellent piece of information and advice, I guess, for people, because I think it goes back to, you can't expect your partner to mind read. You can't expect your partner to understand if you're not willing to communicate what your needs are. Yeah. And I think that's a big misconception. You know, if we're talking about gender norms, right. It's like women sometimes just expect that their partner should know what they need from them, but that's yeah. not how life works. Yeah. And I overly communicate. I mean, I'm, I'm always like letting my husband know, like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling today. This is how I'm feeling this week. Just saying no. Um, and you know, I try and get him to kind of do the same thing. Um, but yeah, as soon as we, we start to like, we ask ourselves, well, how come they don't know that? Or why aren't they doing that? It's Mm -hmm. asking yourself, well, did you communicate it (laughs) in a way that they can understand in a way that they can understand? Yeah. 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 We do weekly check-ins like on Sunday, like, okay, here's what happened last week. Here's what I need from you this week. You know, like it's all about being communicative and, and building that skill with your partner Mm -hmm. and having that kind of just be normal. Right. Like I, I, you know, in talking to so many couples and stepmoms and stuff, it's like, oh my God, like having a sit down talk, like that whole cliche, like we need to talk doesn't need to be scary. Um, again, it's a way to connect. It builds intimacy. It's, um, you know, investing in your relationship. It's, it's putting out fires before there's even a spark, you know, um, seeing it as an investment and not a, Oh, something must be wrong. If we have to talk all the time, like, no, this is preventative. This is a relationship. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think, yeah, I, same thing. Like my husband, and I've done a lot of work around communication and being conscious. And like, when we have an argument, let's use it as a, a way to learn about each other. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so, like you're saying, it literally creates intimacy in your relationship. Like, Oh, I'm attracted to you because I know you on a deeper yeah. level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And when you can get to the point, I mean, I love when my husband is like, you know, if I'm agitated or upset or whatever, he knows like he's in tune and he can go, was that really upsetting to you? Or like, I see that that happened or is this, you know, and he can, he, he's not mind reading. He knows enough about me where he actually can sense what is going on. And that is the type of intimacy that, you know, that's gold. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Agree. That's like, oh, it's so powerful. I agree. And even sometimes I find now that we've done such work, it's like, there's arguments where we just start bursting out laughing in the middle of it. Cause you're just like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? That's the best. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will, I want to wrap it up here. I think if anything, if there's a stepmom listening, you know, anybody, what do you feel like is your biggest takeaway that you want them to take from this episode? Mm, geez. Um, 
<laughs> I guess I talked, I talked a lot about, um, you know, really knowing, knowing yourself, um, and n- not only knowing who you are as a stepmom, but, but, you know, tending to the woman you were before you became a stepmom, um, and finding out what those two identities are when they're merged together. Um, and really becoming in tune with what you're feeling and why mm. that is such a powerful process that we don't give enough attention to the more you can understand what you're feeling and why the better equipped you are to communicate it to those who need to hear it, whether that's a boundary, whether that's, Hey, that hurt my feelings, whether that is, I'm worried that this is going to happen because then this is going to happen. How, you know, that anxiety, that all the different things, if you know the why Mm -hmm. you can create the change that you're, that you're looking for. Um, it, it, it's really hard to express to our partners or to create that boundary or whatever, when we don't know the root of our core values and beliefs. Mm-hmm. And that is the root of it all. If you don't want stepkids in your bedroom and you're trying to communicate that to your partner and you're just saying, I don't want the kids in the bedroom, your partner hears, you don't like my kids. Yeah. You don't. But if you are communicating, Hey, I really value privacy. I really value my own space. It makes me feel important when, you know, whatever that is, if you're able to use those words and communicate it in that way, your partner hears about you and not about the kids. Yeah. So that's beautiful. Yeah. That's a a very good message. (laughs) Thank you for that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm just want to finish like, where do people, where can people find you? Yeah. So on Instagram, it's just radical stepmoms podcast. And then my website, radical stepmoms podcast.com. Very easy. Love it. Very easy. So much, Christina. It's been a pleasure to have you on here. Thank you so much.